0: walking in freedom this week and next week and then I'll go to something else God is putting on my mind but we have been talking about the fact that we are the children of God we have been chosen by God we are made in the image and the likeness of God and the reason God did that was because he wanted to show the devil that rebelled against him, that a man made from clay can love him and can do what God wants. But in in doing that, God did not make us robots. God gave us one thing that even he cannot control, and that was our will. And so we have to will... To love God back. We have to will to submit ourselves to him. He cannot make us to do that. And Satan takes advantage of that in our lives to make us become like him to rebel against God. And once one we do that, if you know Jesus, it brings you back into what happened with Adam. It brings you back into bondage. And that's what we've been saying, that believers, we are supposed to be walking in freedom. And over these weeks, I have tried to use scriptures to tell us here the reason why we must walk in freedom. Because we are no longer under curses. We are no longer supposed to be oppressed, limited by the devil. So today, I'm going to talk about from curses to blessings. From curses. To bless. Our three foundational scriptures is Galatians, the first one, Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus became a curse for us. All the curses that were supposed to be on us were put on Jesus on the cross. And verse fourteen says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. And I'm going to talk about the blessing of Abraham. When we hear about the blessings of a uh, blessing of Abraham in Genesis, what comes to mind immediately is we are going to be rich. That is included, but there's a whole lot more that we are going to look at today. He said that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. This scripture here is one of my favorite scriptures. Isaiah 22 verse 25. It says, in that day, says the Lord of hosts, the peg that is fastened in the secure place will be removed. And be cut down and fall." put that scripture up. And the burden that was on it will be cut off, for the Lord has spoken. I'll read it again. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, and this is the day. Today is the day. It says the peg that has been fastened. Sometimes we have issues in our lives that look like somebody took a peg and just fastened it on the wall. And nothing you do. No fasting, no praying. It seems like that peg is in place and it's just fastened there. And God says here in Isaiah 22 verse 25, that in that day, that peg that is fastened in the secure place will be removed. And it will be cut down and it will fall. And the burden that was on that peg, the problems that that peg being in place has caused for you. The issues that has followed you, the cycles, the repeated cycles, every, this time every year, or this sickness runs in the family, or this poverty, I just always having to, to, to live from paycheck to paycheck. He it says it's been a peg that has been fastened in place, but he says that peg is being removed today it being been cut down and it will fall and the burden that was on that peg will be cut off. For who has spoken? The Lord has spoken. Revelation chapter 22 verse 3. It says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. Hallelujah. No longer will there be a curse. No longer will that disease that has followed your family be on you. No longer will that curse be on you. He says, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. And his servants will worship him. So when we talk about blessing and curses, as believers we are not supposed to walk in curses. When you have been born again and you have received Jesus as the Lord, that promise of Jesus in Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14 says, He became a curse for you, so you've exchanged everything for the blessings of the Lord. You've come under the umbrella of blessing. Now, we do know when it's raining and you have an umbrella, as long as you are under that umbrella, you will not get wet, right? But how many times do we get from under the covering? Some of us do that. So this message is to show us, apart from defining curses and blessings, to show us possible things that even believers do. That allow causes, or let me call them adversities, because when you say a cause, it's so negative, but that's what the Bible calls it. That might cause that to come on the believer's life. So what is a blessing? When you say, I'm blessed, we do that a lot. I'm blessed and highly favored. Yes. When you write a text message, blessings. God bless you. What are you really saying? Blessing means an empowerment to succeed. An empowerment to succeed. And that empowerment to succeed is because of the favor of God on you. And it's not something that you merited. It's by the grace of God. And once you get Jesus as your Lord and Savior... That favor, that empowerment, which is called the blessing, comes on you. And God says, it's going to be like the blessing that was on Abraham. And so we are going to look at Abraham further down to see what exactly God saved him from, that God called him blessed. So that you too can know, as the son and as the daughter of Abraham, by faith, what God is talking about when he calls you blessed. And what you are talking about when you say, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. It means there's an empowerment. There's a seed inside of you that cannot be defeated. No matter how the circumstances are, no matter what happens, you will always overcome. You will always come on top. Amen? Is that Daramola? Is that Daramola? Hallelujah. Brother, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. So, now, for curses, it's exactly the opposite. It's an empowerment to fail. And you've seen that there are some people, no matter what they do, no matter what they do, it's like always struggling, always having one adversity, one problem. It's like it never ends. When Job, even Job's problems ended one day. But when you have someone that is just one thing, it started with great grandfather, went to grandfather, now is his father, now you're finding it's coming on you and your children. No woman in the family ever stays in her husband's house. Everybody gets divorced. This sickness, blood pressure, has been the great grandfather died from stroke, grandfather, grandmother, everybody. You know something is wrong. Even when you go to see a doctor, they take a history. They tell you, tell me your family history. All those things with some, I said we need to really start having eyes that can see. It might just seem natural, but we need to learn how to fight. It is not natural. It is not natural. And your bloodline is no longer the bloodline of your natural parents. You have been, Bible says you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. What happens in the kingdom of darkness cannot be what is happening to you that is in the kingdom of light. Amen? There's always a reason, there's always a cause for a curse. Look at this in Proverbs 26 verse 2. It says, Curses will not harm someone who is innocent. Curses will not harm you. You have been justified by the blood of Jesus. Justifies me just as if you've never sinned. Just as if you've never committed anything at all. God is now on your side. You are now innocent because you are wearing the righteousness of Jesus. It says, So, Curses will not harm you. It's not supposed to. Say, causes will not harm someone who is innocent. They are like sparrows or swallows that fly around and never land. So they can say all they want to say, they can do all they want to do. The Bible says, yeah, because you are innocent, nothing anybody says, nothing anybody does, nothing that has happened in the past in your family, in your ancestors, will land on you because you are innocent in the eyes of God. And so we see Christians these days, I mean, I know, even in my life, sometimes I'm wondering, is this thing, is this thing, why the Bible says this and our experience is so opposite. The reality of the cross is not in most of our lives. If I take, raise hand, most of us, most people here are taking blood pressure medicine. Most people here are diabetic. Most people here are taking stuff for depression. I'm not trying to say anything wrong about it. I'm just saying, those are things we should think about. Is this, is, is this Bible, all the promises, all the stuff that the Bible says should be mine. Am I experiencing them? And if I'm not, what do I need to do to make sure I get a hold of that? And not just accept it. Ah, well, it runs in my family. That's the thing there. You shouldn't be saying that. You shouldn't just accept it and just say, okay, uh, my father was an alcoholic. You don't have to be an alcoholic. Your mother did drugs. You don't have to do drugs. You are no longer in that. You, you just, that was just your port of arrival. That's not who you are. So what are the root causes? Let's, when we, when we, when we dissect it down to what the root is. What is causing believers, unbelievers alike not to experience? Especially believers, because if you are an unbeliever, we know you can never experience the fullness of God. So what are the root causes? Why we still see in our lives things that are not the way they should be? Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 to 2. It says, now it shall come to pass If you diligently, that's the key word right there. It's not you do it today and tomorrow you don't. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today. That the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey, obey, obey the voice of the Lord. Obeying the voice of the Lord, when he tells you what to do, is critical to making sure that you walk in the blessings of God. Let's see what he says about curses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God. To observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today. That all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. That is not our portion in Jesus' name. That is not our portion. Verse 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 22 says, If anyone does not love the Lord, this is New Testament. Because sometimes we say, oh, it's Old Testament. This is New Testament. He says, if anyone does not love the Lord, let that person be cursed. So two things we see here. Obeying the voice of the Lord and loving God is very important. When you say you are a Christian, I've said it here before. Your walk must match your talk. For you to have all of God, you must give all of yourself. You must give everything, surrender everything. Because these hearts, even us, sometimes we can't even understand our heart. That's why our prayer must God give me a clean heart. That's what David said. He says, renew, give me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Because out of the heart flows every issue of life. Loving God, obeying God is the root of blessing disobeying god and saying you love god but jesus said how can you say you love me when you don't do what i tell you to do love is in action we can say i can say i love you i love you i love you i love you until i'm blue in the face if i don't show you if i don't act that i love you i'm just talking and we are going to come to some things that believers do me included because I always want to come preach these things. I'm not coming here because I'm behind the pulpit. I'm sanctified. No, 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 no. This is a work that we all have to work together. We are going to see some things that we all do that we need to turn around. And sometimes God just requires you to make a turn in your heart. Even as you're listening, as the word is coming, you just tell yourself, oh, I, I won't do that again. That's all God requires. Amen. Amen. Now, let's see why Abraham was blessed. In Genesis chapter 22, verses 17 and 18, it says, In blessing I will bless you. That's God talking to Abraham. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. Amen. The enemies will not possess your gate. You are supposed to possess the gate of the enemies. And then it says, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Why? I want us all to read that together. Why? That is the reason God blessed Abraham. It was just that one reason. He obeyed God. anything God told him to do, he did it sacrifice your son and god said your son your only son whom you love the son he waited for for 25 years god said give it to me he didn't hold it back Immediately, the bible says immediately he got up and took him, uh, uh, isaac with him join it for three days i will change my mind god are you sure i waited for this is my child of promise he didn't do that He took that child, and and it's not a child. We think Isaac was a babe. No, he was a young teenager, strong. That is the reason why God blessed him, because he obeyed the voice of the Lord. So what are some of the things that we do? Please, if you have a note, take notes. I need you all to take notes, because I believe God will convict all of us today. I'm not condemning anybody, but let God convict us so we can change. The first one, relying and trusting on people. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 and 6. Listen to this. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. I know some of us will say, oh, oh, trust in man. Remember, you are a man. If you trust in yourself, your abilities, your education, your influence, all those people you know, So when something happens, instead of going first to the Lord, you are picking your phone or thinking of who is going to take care of this thing for me. That is relying on man. So when we talk about relying on man, it could be that or it could be I'm relying on myself. You know what? I'm going to go there and I'm going to talk to them. Who do they think they are? I'm going to use my, I have a PhD. I have this. I'm that. You've not gone to the Lord to say, God, go before me. I will humble myself, but you take care of it for me. You are relying on yourself. And God says here that anybody that does that is cursed. And look at what he says here. I mean, this is something that listen, it says verse six it says, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not seek good when it comes, but it shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. God forbid. We know what a shrub is? A shrub is is a plant that was supposed to grow, but because it has no root to go into the water, it's not really flourishing. And so it's very, you can just take your hand, you know what a shrub is in your garden, you just put your hand, there's nothing, you can just pull it out. But look at what the opposite is, what God says about one who trusts in him. Let's see that. Jeremiah chapter 17 from verse 7 to 8. See the contrast now. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spread out his roots by the river. You see the difference? Those that trust in man can never have their roots in the Lord because you're always looking for somebody else to do what only God can do for you. But the one who trusts in the Lord will dig in the Bible and look for scriptures. To stand on. And as you are doing that, what are you doing? You are deepening your roots in God. And God says that that man will not fear when the heat comes. Why? Because you've learned to rely on God and not on man or yourself. And your leaf will always be green. Unlike the other one who shrub will be a shrub and will dry up. And it says, will not be anxious in the year of drought. Why? Because you've learned how to get your roots, to get what you need, your nutrients and your help from God. And so because of that, no matter what is happening to you, no matter the war is going on, no matter how much food is now in the store, you go to the store with $50 and you come back with half a a plastic bag, you are not worried because you know who your supplier is. You know who is going to meet all your needs according to the riches and glory. That is a man who trusts in the Lord. God says that man will be blessed. And we see that in the life of Abraham. He knew how to trust God. He knew how to rely on God. So that's number one, relying on people. Number two, not giving God your best. Malachi chapter 1 verse 14. It says, but cursed is the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished." blemished. Let me read that again. You have the best. God is asking you, okay, I want you to go to join the prison ministry. It's going to be inconveniencing for you. I want you to join and drive every Thursday and go to the prison ministry. That is your best. But you say, Lord, I'm going to be praying at home. After all, uh, uh, prayer, yeah, prayer is very important, but that is not what God wanted you to do. There's somebody else God will go to and say, you are the one that will be praying while they go. What God, every one of us, when God speaks to us, we know when he's speaking and we know what he's telling us to do. But the tendency for every one of us is always to try and bring it down a little step lower than what God is expecting. To kind of fit our comfort. And so God is saying that you are a deceiver if you do that. A believer who doesn't take the high road, the road that God is wanting, who wants the easy way out, God calls that person a deceiver. He says, giving your best to God is what will bring blessings in your life. Number three, false preaching. This one is rampant. Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 to 9, listen. It says, let God's curse fall on anyone. Including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of of good news than the one we preach to you. Have we seen that these days? Good is not evil. And evil is not good. We're making the gospel such that everybody will feel comfortable He said, I say again, that's double. I say again that we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. So that is almost like a double whammy. Come as you are and stay as you are. That's not the gospel of Jesus. You come as you are and you allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. We are not going to be, oh, there are many ways to heaven, no. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No other way to heaven but Jesus. Oh, the alternative lifestyle is, is acceptable. God made them, made them that way. That is not true. God, The Bible says, and God made them male and female. That's what the scripture says. He didn't say he made male and male. He says he made them male and female. So that's the gospel. And so anybody that comes to tell you, even if it's the one that has the biggest church in the world, and says, oh, you know what, God made them that way, you know, let's love everybody. That's a false gospel, and God says that person is cursed. Truth, oh truth, your truth is your truth Randy, my truth is my truth. So as long as my truth is okay with me, I live that way. Your truth is okay with you, live that way. No, truth is not subjective. Truth is not subjective, truth is objective, truth is truth. Lie is lie. light is light, darkness is darkness. And light and darkness cannot coexist. Anytime light comes, you turn off all these lights, Now, if I light a match, that darkness will not stay. And so if you are, somebody is preaching and telling you to accept oh, what is wrong, and your, God, the Bible says God has given all of us a measure of faith. You know what that means? Every one of us have something in us that knows what is right and wrong. We all have, even if you are not a Christian, you have a measure of faith. You came to this church this morning, I didn't see anybody trying to sit on that chair to see if it will hold them. You just came, you sat down because you believe that the chair will hold you. Everybody knows what is right or wrong, even babies. And so don't let anybody try to convince you that right is wrong and wrong is right. And that their truth is the right thing and that your truth is the wrong thing. The truth, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah! So we cannot preach and allow people to be under a curse and put us under a curse. But to do that, for you to know, you have to be like the Berean Christians. Who, when you hear something, you go down, get your Bible, get your concordance, your library, and fill it with stuff that will help you to study. And say, okay, this thing I'm hearing, this new fad, there are so many things going on in the church. And I'm like, what is this? It's not in the Bible. Know what is in the Bible, amen? Number four, this is one, all of you hold your seat because we are going to talk about this. Tithes and offerings. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Listen. He said, will a man rob God? We are doing fine in this church, okay? <laughs> before, I, before I hit this on the nail. We are fine. It's not about God. If you are not paying your tithes and your offerings, listen to what the Bible says. Say, will a man rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. You see that exclamation mark? That exclamation mark means God is really surprised. God is surprised that a man would dare do that. That's what that exclamation mark makes. He says, Yet you have robbed me. He says, But you say, How have we robbed you? He says, In tithes and offerings, verse 9, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. God calls it robbery. Because he's shocked that what belonged to him, you dare to take it and give it to yourself. When we talk about tithe and offering, it, it happened way before the law. If you remember, Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek, so it wasn't part of the law. People say, "Oh, it was the law." No, it happened way before the law. And if you think, oh, okay, I cannot give uh, all my 10% of what I make to the Lord, then give more than 10% because if you want to, like the previous one we said, if you want to actually give God your best, you would do more than 10%. But a lot of Christians that you see that are having financial problems, if the truth be told, this is where the problem is. And that is just the honest truth. If you truth be told, we are daring to rob God. Believe me, any church you go to, there has to be light. There are workers there. there are, we, we support how many missions? N- name it. We, are, we support a lot of people, a lot of missionaries, a lot of missions. We have a TV ministry. All of that, all of us have to come together. To take care of that. That's what the Bible says here. It says, it's for the house of the Lord. So that there might be food in my house. And so for believers, is when God gives you so much. And you don't, you don't even think of thanking him with your substance. That's why God is like, you dare to do that? So if you're here and you're not paying your time, th- I don't want to beat this because I know everybody's like, oh money, money, no. It's not about money, it's for your blessing. Amen? Obey and honor God with your resources. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, it says, When you put God first, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all the things that everybody else is looking for, including the money and the finances, God will give it to you. Amen? Amen? Let's see what it says for those that give their offering. Malachi 3 verses 10 to 12. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And he says, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing, that there will not be enough room to receive it. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. I will go on to the next one because we have just one more minute. Number five is speaking negative words. The words that we speak can bless people and the words that we speak can curse people. There was something I saw in the scriptures this week that really scared me because I now understand why God says we will give account of every idle word that we say. Because there's no word that's idle. Every word you say has effect on you or the pers- person you are speaking that word to. Let's look at what happened to Jacob. Quickly, Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to read 31 from 30 to 32. This was when Jacob was leaving Laban. He was taking his wife Leah and Rachel with him. He did not know that Rachel had stolen one of the little gods that his father, her father had. He, Jacob didn't know. So when Laban pursued them and got to them and said, You know, you stole my thing. You stole my little god. Let's see what happened. Laban says, I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home. But why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. But as for your gods, see, if you can find them and let the person who has taken them, what, die. He didn't realize he was placing a curse on his most beloved wife that he served 14 years to get. And what happened to uh, to Rachel? The next thing we're hearing about Rachel is that she was giving birth and she died. Because the husband placed a curse on her without knowing that's what he was doing. Our words that we say to our children. Our words that we say to ourselves. Oh, I'm so frustrated. You've spoken it. I'm so tired. The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. We do these things without even thinking twice. Oh, this child will kill me! Oh, you are just saying that your child will kill you. That child will kill you. Oh, you're, you will never. You you are so stubborn. You don't listen. He's never going to listen because you've just caused that child. We have to learn. Even if your mind, your mouth wants to say the wrong thing, turn it to something good. You are a mighty man. <laughs> Told you we tell mighty man, mighty man, mighty man of God. When they're acting silly, you bless them. Because the devil doesn't know what's in your mind, anyways, what you say out of your mouth. Listen to this again, Joshua, and I'll end with this. Joshua did the same thing. In Joshua chapter 6 verse 26, then Joshua charged them after they destroyed Jericho. Joshua charged them at that time saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city again, the city Jericho. The man that does that, he said, shall lay the foundation with his first child and set up the gates with your youngest child. Go to First Kings. This is 500 years later. 500 years later. Listen to what happened. 1 Kings chapter 16 verse 34. Ahab commissioned Hiel of Bethel to build Jericho. The Bible says he laid the foundation of Jericho with Abiram, his firstborn. And with his youngest son Sigob, he set up the gates according to the word of the Lord which he has spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. The words that we say matter. And having heard this now, that is why generations, you have things happening in families that have been happening and happening because nobody has gone there to stop every word. You have to stop it. Words have to be spoken to stop the words that have been spoken against you. So if you have people that maybe were your friends before, because of one reason or another, they are not like this, trying to destroy you with words, don't just say, oh God, bless them, bless them. But before you do that, cancel everything they have said. Just say in your prayer, Lord, I cancel every negative word spoken. Every negative word directed at me or my family. Every negative word directed at my ministry, I cancel it with the blood of Jesus. You've canceled that curse. And when you go home today, the same thing. If you've ever spoken negative things about yourself or to your children or to your family members, do the same thing when you get home today. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, every word I spoke that was idle, that I didn't meet, or, I went, or, or, or cursed people because I wasn't sure and I didn't know what I was saying. Lord, I plead the blood, the blood of Jesus. Cover it. Let blessings come in place of those who curse it's in Jesus' name. That's what we need to be doing. Next week, we are going to continue next week. I still have a lot to talk about. Your basis. What is your basis for, for being blessed? If you say, God, I I'm, I know you, Jesus, I must be blessed. What, what things do you take to God? What reasons do you take to God? Number one, at creation, God blessed you. God blessed Abraham. And I'll go to that. Abraham's family. The younger brother died. The older brother, we only heard about Nehah one time. The father, it was the father that was going to Canaan first. But he got to Haran and that's where he died. He didn't complete what he put his hand to do. So when God met Abraham, God said, I'm going to take you from your father's house. You know what that meant? It meant that everything that was in your father's house cannot be part of you anymore. Nobody can die young anymore in your family. That happened in your father's house. Nobody, no, no significance, just living and nobody knows you've not made an impact in any life, in anything. God says, no, that will not be, your. in fact, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of you. And God said, oh, in fact, from now on, barrenness was in the family. He said, no more, no more barrenness, your wife will have a child. And through that child, the whole nation will call you blessed. So when you said, Abraham's blessings are mine, we need to understand what we are saying. So that when you are praying, you need to take God, you said, Abraham's blessings are mine. Lord, I must make an impact in my generation. I must be a voice that can be reckoned with. God, you said, Abraham's blessings are mine. Father, nobody will die young in my family because Abraham, you took him from that and nobody died after that young in his family. The Bible says, Abraham, old age. And then you say, God, no barrenness because you saved Abraham from that. So we're going to discuss all of that next week. And then what you have to do to maintain the blessing God has given you. You have to receive the word of God. And not only do you receive it, you have to believe it. What do you do to believe the Word of God? We'll talk about that next week. So make sure you're back here next week. Amen? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, in fact, what I want us to do is, if you know, I want you to come to the, the prayer partners. Please come. But if you are here and you know you know there's something, you, you just know, okay, you, this, you make money. You make good money. But it's never enough. You don't know. It's like you have holes in your pockets. Or there's just something going on that is in your family. You've seen patterns in your family. I want you to come. Let's pray for you. Because we need to break all of those curses. They are curses. They are curses and they need to be broken. So as they just play really silently, I want everybody here. And if you are out here praying for people, prayer partners, if you need that as well, I'm going to come down. Just raise your hand. I'll lay hands on you. Because I want us to anoint people today and break those curses over their lives. So if you are here, you need, you need help, we just want somebody to agree with you, to cancel those curses in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and come out now as we pray. We are going to pray for you this morning. Amen? Hallelujah.